Welcome to iHope. We're here to bring encouragement and comfort from the Bible so that you can have a more hope-filled life. We are so glad you joined us here today, and we invite you to embark on this journey of discovery of the power of God's Word and how it can shape our lives each day. So listen in and join us as we explore how the Bible can provide hope and direction in our lives. Welcome back to our I Hope podcast, and I have so enjoyed these podcasts so far. It's been just uh, just fun to be able to listen to and to be able to share them with some other folks uh, as well. And I hope that you're doing the same, and I hope it's been a blessing to you. We have so far this year, as we've talked about hope, have uh, focused on the book of Job's. Uh, we learned about Job, and there's hope when it comes to our trials. Then we looked at the book of Psalms, and we found out that there are songs of hope that can help us each and every day. And then also last time we talked about the book of Proverbs and how there's true wisdom that brings hope in our lives as well. And so now we're going to be taking a little bit of a journey a little bit later in the book of the Old Testament called Jeremiah. So if you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to turn over there. We'll be looking at Jeremiah chapter number three in just a few moments. But I want you to think about this. And when we focus on the idea of hope, we remind ourselves that we really need hope when things are bad, especially when things are, how do I say it, when things are really, really bad. And so each day we tend to put ourselves on a scale, don't we? And we try to weigh out how bad is my life right now or how good is my life right now. The fact is that in every life there are some good things and there are some bad things. And it really comes down to this. What are we focusing on more than other things? And sometimes the good things and sometimes the bad things get our attention. But I want to remind you about this as we focus on hope and to know that God is still on the throne. And by the way, that's that's really, really good. Our world is evil. And by the way, there's a curse on it. And that is really, really bad. But because of the first thing that God is still on the throne, I want to remind you today that there is hope. No matter what you're focusing on, no matter what you're thinking about, no matter what's going on in your life, there is still hope. Well, we think about the book of Jeremiah, and the book of Jeremiah, written by Jeremiah, uh, it is early in Jeremiah's ministry. God called him, where we're going to be focusing in Jeremiah 3, it's early in his ministry, and you know things weren't extremely bad yet, um, I guess you could say, but Israel was sinning, and they were generally confident, and they were generally comfortable in life. By the way, doesn't it kind of sound a lot like our country even today? It seems like we're generally confident, we're generally comfortable in so many different things, but there was a lot of stuff, even in Jeremiah's day, that were going on that were really troubling to Jeremiah, and certainly troubling to God. And so Jeremiah started to preach, and he started to share some things. In fact, uh, Jeremiah 3, verse 21, is where we're going to be focusing on. And he says here, A voice was heard upon the high places, weeping and supplications of the children of Israel, for they have perverted their way, and they have forgotten the Lord their God. Then it says, Return ye backsliding children, and I will heal your, heal your backslidings. Behold, we come unto thee, for thou art the Lord our God. Truly, and I want you to focus on verse 23, truly in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills and from the multitude of mountains. Truly in the Lord, our God is the salvation of Israel. 
Now, we think about those verses, and I want you to remember that Jeremiah is often considered to be or called the weeping prophet. Generally, we get that description of him from looking at the book of Lamentations, which Charlie can have an opportunity to do this next month. So I'm excited about that for him. But we think about Jeremiah, and it's written generally as a free, free script poetry, if you will. We don't generally see that in the English as we uh, see the translation of it. But Jeremiah's success as a prophet really kind of appears after his apparent failure. We think about his ministry, and Jeremiah did not preach and produce a great revival. Uh, We think about Jonah, we think of others who preached, and uh, it seems like they communicated the word of God and people responded to it, but that's not the implication that we get from the book of Jeremiah. But in the midst of the circumstances and troubles that uh, were going on in the, the, the place of Judah, we know that Jeremiah was faithful to declare God's message, and Uh, guess what? He was faithful there to remind Judah of their heartless acts of worship and general rejection of the law of God. Certainly there are some lessons for us in our current age, and uh, sometimes we misunderstand those things. We we think the kingdom age promises are for now. Uh, we think about the Old Testament and, and how we're supposed to be maybe living out the Old Testament or something like that, but we live in an age of representative uh, that's representative of Israel's rejection of her king. That's where we are right now, and our world is living in a time where Israel has rejected her king, and so we understand that there's something else going on. And if we try to look at the Word of God, it reminds us of some great principles. In fact, on Wednesday nights, uh, we have recently here at Open Door been studying the Sermon on the Mount. It's a perfect illustration of Jeremiah's ministry. Really, Jeremiah lived for God, and he preached a message, but that message was not heard. Many of the people rejected it. Uh, Jeremiah was hated, and he was imprisoned by his own people. Uh, Kind of think about what was going on. Just a little bit of a history, and um, when it comes to understanding the book of Jeremiah, when it comes to even to understanding the book of Lamentations, uh, we know a little bit about the history of what was going on. You remember King David? There was his son, King Solomon, and after King Solomon, the kingdom of Israel was divided in two, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. As we think about the situation with the book of Jeremiah, here we are several hundred years later, and uh, the northern kingdom, because of their sin, they fell to the Assyrians uh, in uh, 722 BC. And then uh, we think about the southern kingdom, what was going on? Well, Uh, The Assyrians came to attack the southern kingdom, and there was a good king. His name was King Hezekiah. And uh, we remember in that time when the Assyrians surrounded King Hezekiah and Jerusalem, but we remember how it was that Hezekiah and the people of Judah turned to God, and God protected them supernaturally. And underneath of Hezekiah, there was a great, a huge revival. But things turned a little bit after Hezekiah, there was Manasseh, his son, and the Bible says that Manasseh was one of the worst kings to ever sit on the throne of David. But after Manasseh, there was another good king, Josiah. In fact, Josiah began recovering the lost land of the Assyrians that they had taken from the people of Judah. Uh, Josiah comes in, and he has the temple cleaned out. And a couple of years later, after they were in the process of cleaning out the temple, the amazing thing is this, is that they found the law of God, probably uh, the book of Deuteronomy. And as they started to read the word of God, guess what happened? The people were revived. The preaching of the word of God went out. There was a lot of great reforms and things that happened in the people of, for the people of Judah. Um, and we think about this, what happened in the world at that time is Assyria waned as a kingdom, 
Babylon grew, and soon Assyria and Egypt joined forces, and Josiah fought against Pharaoh Necho, and Josiah was killed. Well, Pharaoh Necho took Josiah's son Jehoahaz, the king of Egypt, and um, uh, put his brother Eliakim on the throne as a vassal king. So Eliakim was also known as Jehoiakim, and he did very, very little good. But he let the evil cults and pagan immoral worship of Manasseh, he encouraged that stuff to poison the kingdom. At that time, a little bit later, Judah still kept the temple open. Uh, It was the centerpiece of nationalistic hope. And the worship, guess what it did? It lost its focus. And it was focused on appeasing God and, if you will, um, not really on repentance. It really wasn't on true holiness before God. It was a little bit more just like talk. It's something that people just naturally kind of did. About 605 BC, Babylon was on Judah's doorstep, having pushed back the Egyptians. And in 598, you know what happened, the Babylonian army was inside the country of Judah. And about this time is when Jeremiah was preaching, and he enjoyed the revival under Josiah. He had preached against the sins of the succeeding kings and the people of Israel. And prophetically, guess what? Well, you've heard about preachers who are like doom and gloom preachers, right? Don't you just love them? Well, Jeremiah, his message was one of hope, even when God was chastising his people. In the text, we find out that the truth sets us free from hopelessness and despair. And so we find here the very first truth as we think about the text that we just read a few moments ago in Jeremiah 3, verse 23. The first truth is that when we do things our way and ignore God, it is hopeless. It says truly. Jesus uses that word. He uses the word verily. It means truly. Truly in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills and from the multitude of mountains. We understand here that hey, if you're going to try to do things your way and ignore God, it is going to be hopeless. But the second truth is equally true because, and it's even more powerful knowing this, that the second truth is that God is the, uh, is the salvation that Israel needed in the salvation that you need today. It says in the second part of the verse, truly in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. And often, The trouble that we have can be of our own doing because we have run away from God instead of him, uh, running to him. And many other stresses and problems or circumstances may be of other people's doing. And the core reason for our problems is the sin of Adam and Eve, our human heritage, they sinned, and certainly we have inherited their sinful genes and the curse that has been put on the world. Well, the hope that comes, comes when we put on the brakes, we finally listen to God, and get to know the heart of God personally. Let me ask you, are there things perhaps that you need to repent of? We prefer to blame others sometimes for our problems rather than owning them and trusting them um, and giving them to God. Well, the cool thing Jeremiah reminds us of is that when we turn to God, God actually partners with us to deal with the problems. And I'd rather have God's help than not. Well, with all the time that we have for right now, And next time, what I want to do, I want to encourage you, because we're going to be right in the thick of everything with Jeremiah. Things are going to be getting worse for him as a preacher. Um, But you know what you're going to find? Even when things are getting worse, there's still going to be hope. So no matter what you're facing, there is always hope to be found in our Lord. Well, thanks, friends, for taking time to listen. It's a joy to be with you, and I'm excited to share more hope with you next week. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you've been encouraged by I Hope, why not share it with a friend or leave us a review? Until next week, God bless.